Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Never gonna go right. All right. Um, hi. We just end and begin on laughter. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's good. Oh, um, so yeah, how are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've just uh, I had just a fun experience earlier because you know we're all trying to record to or coordinate this to record on a school night. And so I was ordering pizza. And because I live in the suburbs, eating pizza, I can order is Domino's and it's all online. And then they have this like pizza tracker thing, which um, <laughs> you can choose like whichever, like they actually have like different profiles and one of them's like a heavy metal profile. And so it, it, <laughs> it actually reports to you like, you know, when your like your pizza is getting made and when it's getting baked and when and, <laughs> and like when it's getting checked and when it's on delivery, but they do it in different voices. So this one was like, Your order's getting ready. Yeah <laughs> And then it was like intermingled with like um like thunder and lightning, which I was super into. And then um I was also getting ready for the podcast. So I was like but right before I ordered the pizza, I was like, you know, I'm gonna get in the mood and put on like a eighteenth century mix of classical <laughs> music. So it was like Vivaldi like do 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 Yoroda's getting ready and I was like, Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm gonna pizza. We're gonna talk about the eighteenth century, we're gonna talk about the age of enlightenment, and we're gonna talk about some old Hollywood realness up in here with some glamour with this MGM epicness of Marie Antoinette. Uh, that was a smooth ass transition, lady. Thanks. Oh my god. Um so like I, like Kathleen was saying, this is old Hollywood realness. Okay. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Philip Estrada. And I'm the other host, Kathleen Nall. Ah, yeah. So this is the podcast dedicated to the glitz and glamour from Hollywood's golden era. Yes. And, and man, uh, this, this one is just, it's insane. It's like, it is definitely like the most epic film we have ever reviewed. Oh my God. So this is, of course, Marie Antoinette, 1938 from MGM. Oh my God, this movie! Amazing. Uh, it's stunning. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. It's <laughs> absolutely seriously, you guys, amazing. Like epic costume work. It is. It's. It is like so. And brilliant. you know, Philip and I love the costume designer Adrian. These costumes were designed by him, and. So this is just like it might be like his opus. Well, I guess oh you say God. Wizard of Oz would be that, but oh. yeah. But is this the first Jesus. Adrian movie we're reviewing? It what? is. It is. This is the it first is our Adrian first movie Adrian movie, and this is like super special for us because we've been ramping up to it, you know. Because let's face it, we're we're just kind of like practicing and figuring all this <laughs> shit out. So like now we're really actually kind of hoping we're we're doing this maybe right, a little bit right, hopefully. <laughs> I've been waiting for this moment, moment all my life. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so good. 
Okay. Sidebar before we start. Um, again, uh, before to get it ready for this, I was like, oh, I have to watch all the. Um, I will have to watch like a super cut of RuPaul's Drag Race so I can get into character. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, and I I was contemplating a wig. I was like, how much time do I have to put a wig on? And and then of course, not just put a wig on, like how much time do I have a full fully dress and embellish a wig because that would be so impressive. And and then I thought, oh, Philip would be so proud of me and then like also kind of feel a little intimidated that he's so underdressed. So I held back. Yeah, I know. I held back tonight. <laughs> I know. I can put he's my hair like, in a half yeah, pony. Yeah, should be like, wait, hold up. I did not know it was wig night. Why are you doing this to me? And it would be a great injustice. <laughs> I couldn't do it, you know. Pretty much. No, I, yeah. I, I feel you. I have to. I have to. <laughs> sometimes you, sometimes you just have to go low key on the wardrobe. But, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, but I am so sick of the messy top knot. I, I'm trying so hard to do other things, but. You know, weather is restricting here, and no, know. I gotcha. Uh, the, str- the struggle is real in the Pacific. It's hard Northwest. to be chic in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. You know, I, uh, I'm, I have not embraced the sensible haircut yet. I just uh, haven't. <laughs> I keep growing my hair out because I don't know what to do, and so it just goes into a top knot. Help me, help me, please. Uh, I've discovered waterproof mascara. I hope this helps, but otherwise, like. <laughs> I need some help over here. Oh, no, sorry. Help. You can edit all this out. Please do. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell our producer. We'll tell our producer to edit this out. Yes. <laughs> edit this out, sir. <laughs> Whoever you are. Whoever um, you are. So, uh, Kathleen, do, do you have a history with this film? Well, um, actually, the only history I have with this movie is. Um, I remember when I when I was a teenager, I worked at a theater costume rental house, which was kind of a dream job for a theater nerd instead of like waiting tables. Even though the I stories, probably got paid a yeah. lot less, but the it, stories from that the stories from that era were pretty amazing. It, they were pretty, yeah, yeah. It, it was a good time. Like I learned a lot. It was a true apprenticeship, and the owner of that place had like a little mini library of books in her office. And I remember on my break, I used to go in and look at them. And one of them, I think it was called like Hollywood in costume. I think it was called Hollywood in costume. And on the front cover was a mannequin that was kind of looked like Norma Shearer. And it, it was in that, the dress with the stars. I just remember oh, it, was, yeah. it was the dress with the panniers and the stars and it kind of blew my yeah. mind. And I remember seeing this at a very early age and I was like 16 years old and being like, what is this? What is this from? And then the whole book had a lot of, it was all black and white pictures from like the golden age of Hollywood and like different costumes. And that's kind of when I really first learned about Adrian and they had some pictures from the movie and like, I guess some stills of the costumes, but I truly never saw the movie until now because oh, I, wow. I honestly don't think it was really available. I don't think, cause it, it's not one of those movies like, like the musicals and all those that we, we see that have a lot of nostalgia. They were like, you know, that like the Disney Channel or NBC or ABC like did on a Sunday, like this was not a really easy to find movie. And even just kind of like, like I bought it on Amazon. I was like, this is a little pricey, like, you know, normally (laughs) compared to the other ones. And I read a little about it and I guess it just, it was, it was not really available the way it is now, which you can get um, like restored and, you know, on DVD or I guess, you know, electronically, um, 
until fairly recently and so that's why you know uh, so yeah i did not i grew up seeing like i remember seeing movie stills of this and just thinking like what 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 is this movie because i loved like (laughs) amadeus and and dangerous liaisons and uh valmont and like i loved all things 18th century like as a teenager as a big nerd and like i was like where is this movie and how can i find it and so i never really and then that kind of went away and so i haven't really I don't remember seeing this movie until now. But you, Philip, when did you see this movie and how did you discover Me? it? <laughs> well, let me go back to the beginning. So <laughs> when I was born, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, actually, I remember when actually when we went to Fitham, there was one of the one of the costumes were on display at Fitham because they have that um the co- uh, the Oscars costume exhibit. Mm-hmm. So they have like an exhibit every single year at FIDM that's basically like it has all the costumes that were nominated that year. But then also they have like a lot of costumes from collections that are nearby that are from just notable films and stuff. And one of the costumes was an it was from Marie Antoinette, and it had the gigantic pannier. Wow. And it was humongous. The f- I and honestly, I've been I've been searching high and low to figure out which dress exactly it was because I remember seeing it being like what is this movie I have to see this this is phenomenal and being really kind of like this is stunning to have because up until that point the only movies that I had seen were like Dangerously Aces and Amadeus and those are like the bucket panniers and they've never shown they've never I hadn't really seen any movies with like the full court pannier where it's like eight feet wide practically where it's just like this gigantic thing and then the wig and everything was just humongous on this thing and I want to say it was like the swirly black and white number that so-and-so was wearing. Somebody wore it. I th- want to say it was the black and white number. Like, there's a really heavy black well, and yeah, white Well, yeah, Madame DuBerry wears a very heavy black and white number. But so, yeah. so does uh, Norma Shearer at one point, like, when she does, like, her masquerade thing, and she's got, like, crazy mm-hmm. feathers, like, on like on her head. Yeah. And she kind of, yeah, like, I'll makes out with out. the creepy Duke de Orleans, which we'll talk oh about my God, later. Because what the fuck that is I mean, first of all, that... Uh, <laughs> going on (laughs) (laughs) he was such a fucking homo i mean yes and such a (laughs) bitter evil uh, like women woman hating (laughs) oh my god he was so funny i mean i know we're just gonna like but like when that scene when he she walks up and meets the king the the you know the the dauphin for the first time oh i know and she mistakes him and he's just like and she's like and this is like you know louis philippe or whatever and she's like oh and he's like "Mm -hmm." what a pity (laughs) what the fuck Oh, draggy. I was like, whoa. He's wearing more makeup than her. More makeup than her in that moment. (laughs) Those eyebrows were like giving Marlena Dietrich a run for her money. Oh, my God. They were like like, Betty Boop eyebrows. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) They were wonderful. It's so funny because me and Ryan have been tossing around the ideas of being like 18th century fops for Halloween. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, Give you have inspiration because I good mean, Lord. <laughs> I, of course, I cannot wait to have that like that stank face on all night where I'm like. Mm-hmm. All night where you're like, you look like you're permanently sniffing shit. Like just all the time. There's just that ever Pretty so much. slight sneer. And then like, I was wondering, is like, is this the first film ever where we actually see them like looking through those little like magnifying glasses like looking glass things because they're doing it all the time in this movie i know and it's like the it's 
like the glasses on a stick and it just like puts it right in front yes. of his face. He's like, oh, that's so nice. Ew. And I'm sure <laughs> so- there's a fancy fucking French name for those, but like you don't really see those. Like I just, I remember seeing that. And then um, as a little kid, I, I, another one of my favorite movies that totally inspired me to make costumes was the Scarlet Pimpernel made with uh like with Jane Seymour as lead and I remember I think it was Anthony Andrews like he had one of those when he played like the Scarlet Pimpernel because he's like I'm a super fop but then you know I fake being like a super fop but then you know I'm, I'm actually you know a super bro and I like save people from the revolution <laughs> and so when he was a fop like he always had that like whole so it's always like it's definitely like the quintessential accessory of being just like of excess in the 18th century so and, good. you know and like looking at everything like just being a super asshole like oh that, <laughs> that through my little little dangling magnifying glass so good. <laughs> I am oh my god i am heavily judgmental all the time it brings oh me pleasure god. So, yeah, so we've gone off the rails completely. So Sorry. let me go all the way back to the very beginning. As I said, it's Marie Antoinette, 1938. Yes, it's yes. MGM. It's starring, it stars Norma Shearer as the titular character, Marie Antoinette. Robert Morley plays King Louis the. Roman numerals are throwing me off. Sixteenth, sixteenth. Who is the husband? Who is mm-hmm. who is her husband? John Barrymore plays Louis the Fifteenth, mm-hmm. the grandfather-in-law. Grandpapa. Tyrone, uh, grandpapa. Uh, Tyrone Power. Tyrone. Okay. Is Count Axel de Fersen, who is the lover of Marie Antoinette. It's pretty cute. Um, Joseph. I should have looked how to pronounce these names up. It's Skillkraut, Skillkraut, Skillkraut. The German. Uh, he plays the, German. the creepy the guy. The Duke. Yeah, the Duke d'Orléans, who is the bitchy fop, and um, Gladys <laughs> Gladys George plays Madame Dubarry, who is the King Louis the mistress and is a total cunny. Yeah. Um. So and then also so this movie was directed by W. S. Van Dyke. And the costumes were designed by two people. The gowns were designed by Adrian, la, 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 who is amazing. Oh. And then the menswear was designed by Gilles Steele. And also our good friend Sidney Gorlaroff um, is uh, also came back and did all the wigs for this movie. Yes, which and I he feel did like there an should amazing be job. there should be a wig entry for the Oscars just made oh for my him. God, this one because for... that year they should have been like, well, best costumes goes to so and so. But you know what? We made a special <laughs> award this year because look at those goddamn wigs. They are perfection. And let it's me an tell Oscar you, I am sure people and, and like okay. So a little fun fact: in the 18th century, they did not have like mad lace front wigs where you couldn't see like the hairline like you can in this one. But I, I guarantee, if they did, they would use them copiously. Okay, this is the aspiration of the 18th century. They wish they could have looked this good with their wigs. They were that good mm-hmm. because if um, really, honestly, if you look at profiles from or like even etchings, like they captured the profile, they captured like all the detail, but like, but they're just, they're almost too good. Cause they've got these, like, I mean, they are just seamless. Like everybody has platinum blonde hair, hair that yeah. is quaffed every morning in the 18th century <laughs> of France. 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, so good. So ba- uh, the um, this movie was epic at the time. Epic. I mean, this was the film. The film was the last project of Irving Thalberg, who mm-hmm. just happened to be Norma Shearer's husband. Yes. Um, so I'm sure that had nothing to do with the fact that she had a prolific career. But. <laughs> okay, I can talk a little bit about this because okay, they've been together actually a long time. She converted to um, Judaism for him. Um, I mean, they, they, yeah, like they had kids together. I feel like if there was anything on her, Irving Thalberg's tombstone to say Irving Thalberg, he worked because he literally worked <laughs> himself to death. Oh yeah, no. I mean, both he of them like, worked their asses off. Like, the, and yeah. I a lot of his like he sort of died young. And had health issues really due to stress. I would almost equate it to like what like you hear about like people who are like Japanese like having heart attacks at like thirty five years old. Like that was Irving Thalberg. Like he he just he worked all the goddamn time. And you know what? Yeah. Honestly, so did Norma Shearer. Like they were they were hard working. They were from like the twenties and thirties, like back in the day. Like and they worked endlessly. And um. And it showed, like it's they they both produce quality work, you know, and and uh, so, and and so I think it's also interesting to note she was a widow, like like that happened, and she had to continue and go on and film this movie, which is just yep. incredible, incredible. Yeah, to so think. he right, so he died in thirty during during the pre planning of this movie in thirty nineteen thirty six, and um it then it eventually came out in 1938 which is uh, which was and there was this whole thing about whether or not MGM actually wanted to continue to go forward with it and all this stuff but eventually she won out by like getting people on her side to want to she was kind of carrying this movie pretty much to yeah. make sure that it got made after his death and um the budget of the film um, oh, sorry. The ba- a movie was the based on a 1932 biography by Austin writer Stefan Zeig, and uh, he was the first person to buy uh, to write a biography about her that showed her as a human being and almost a sympathetic and tragic figure. Mm-hmm. So, sort of like a victim of her of her own circumstance and sort of like getting swept up into the 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 life that she led and stuff. So it didn't really paint her. It kind of like put to it challenge the old notion of be let them eat cake kind of thing. And you don't need, she never right. actually even says it in the movie, which is interesting. Yes. And she never says that, which I, so he kind of like puts that kind of, he makes, he makes the point that that's just urban legend, which is, was the first time that was done. Um, and the budget for the film was $2.9 million, approximately $50 million in um, $2016, which was uh. a lot for them. And then though the film was popular because of its enormous cost, it recorded a loss of $767,000, which is $13 million in 2016 dollars. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very, very expensive movie to make. Yes. Um, and it boasted thousands of expensive costumes and lavish set design. Um, and there, I think there was even to the point of saying that the combined weight of all of the costumes was 1,768 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, if you're going to sell it by the pound. Wow. <laughs> um, and then uh, the heaviest costume was Norma Shearer's wedding gown in the movie, which weighed 108 pounds. And you... Wow. Um, was created using hundreds of yards of white silk satin, hand embroidered in gilt thread. 
and what really is kind of a sad, sad story about this movie is that it was slated to be um, filmed in Technicolor, and many of the gowns were specially dyed to like to to be ready for that. And then they ended up um, scrapping it because it it would have drove the cost even higher. But I'm like, guys, if this was shot in Technicolor. I, it would have. Like, I completely just, agree. I feel like the fact that they've already they already went there so much to make sure that everything was would have been color ready. Why not just do it? I th- and yeah. I think it was like. Uh, I think yeah. it's actually done th- a lot for the sales. To be honest, you oh, know, I'm sure it would have. It probably would have done basically like what. Wizard of Oz would have like how yeah. crazy Wizard of Oz was, well, was right, at that time like seeing it, it would have Wizard been, like, of Oz so Gone with the Wind you know I mean all of oh those God, were yeah. sort of at that same time and like if it had it would have easily rivaled right. Gone with the Wind if it had come out in color it would have like yeah. been this is only a year blowing. before yes and this is only a year before yeah. so it would have been like just right it would have been a shot i think that it would have kind of like but apparently it would have cost double to make or something um like almost yeah. double so they were just like we're already in too deep we need to kind of like ease back so i was just like that's such a shame i'm like oh and it's a bummer too because they didn't even shoot the publicity stills in color either so you're like oh oh and then also so they said that they t- um that also the company that made the wigs made over two thousand wigs Damn. And Norma and Norma Shearer's character had 34 costume changes. So, this movie was not fucking around. <laughs> no, it was not. And like I oh, I had read oh, somewhere yeah. that like one of the dresses actually was I don't know which one. I'm I'm dying to know which one, but it was dyed to match Norma Shearer's eyes. Like who apparently, the fuck Apparently <laughs> apparently it was the one the the big cloak with the fur trim. I thought that about that. that. She, I was wondering meets, if it was that one. Yeah, when she meets uh the um Axel, um her count her count Axel that she's in love with. Yes. Um it's the one that she that she wears at the embassy, like right before her wedding or right before the king dies and her marriage is gonna be annulled. Okay. Um uh, and then one last bummerino fact about this movie is, is that it was not nominated or awarded for the Oscar for best costume design because they didn't start awarding that until 1948. So yeah, and that's another bummer about that is Adrian never was actually nominated ever his entire career because he quit. Um, he quit the um, the movies before 1948, which is a you know sad sad story. But anyway, one can easily argue that the best costume, uh, you know. The, the best costume category was created because of that because they were like well clearly oh, sure. like these people well i don't know maybe not maybe hollywood's well, just well, full of just, soulless people yeah. <laughs> probably not <laughs> i'm sure at some point they were just like jesus christ these kids are doing so much goddamn work we need to give them something throw them that's a what i was thinking yeah i mean i think that it's like a really i mean this is i mean the testament to the movies it's like how amazing these costumes look. yes um yeah, so do you want to dive right into it, my lady friend? Sure. Well, um, the movie starts off um, when Marie Antoinette is about 15 years old. And um, you see her. She has been, uh, I guess, woke up um, or she's about to go to bed. And um, the her mother's lady-in-waiting has woke her up. And she, her mother's lady-in-waiting is this older woman. She's in full court dress with a full peignets. And um, Enorma Shear is, they have done everything. Mind you, this woman is in her mid-30s and she looks amazing. They 30, have done. Yeah, she's 35. Yeah, 35. <laughs> when she films this and movie. And they have done everything they could to make her look 15. 
So they have, and, and in a sense, like it almost literally reminds me of like Snow White. Like they put her, they have her hair like kind of like quaffed in curls and her, like a ribbon in her hair and the most natural like big eyed makeup you can think of. And then she's wearing um, this beautiful, it's like a, it's like a dressing gown that's like shadow striped with these big puff sleeves with the lace trim. Yeah. And it ties in front with these big ribbon bows, like one's at the neck and one's just under the bust. And then it has what is called a wet. Uh, I'm sorry, a Watteau back, and um, it, which means it has these two big box pleats that come out from the back and sort of stand away from the body. And those were really popular during the 18th century. And I love that Adrian sort of tried to incorporate these where he could. And this whole, mm-hmm. I have to admit, like all the costumes in this movie, like all the women's costumes at least, um, are, are basically a mishmash of like the mid to late 18th century. I would say like 18... Uh, 50s, 60s to like up to like the 18, early 1890s. Like they, they've really mm-hmm. tried to do a mishmash and, and it's like he's tried to incorporate all the good things, like all the good points. Yeah. And I would even say some of the things even harken way back to like even a little earlier than like early, early 18th century, just in a couple of bits. But but really it, it is kind of like this, it, it's just a true homage to like th- that whole time period. Like they're not really trying to stay strict to it. And I know he went and like, he researched a lot of costumes or I'm sorry, portraits. And like he went to mm-hmm. Paris, he he studied all these different portraits that were done of her and of other people. And I feel like he incorporated sort of like the best of all of these elements and um Yeah. All of these things that made them truly aesthetic and kind of and also could sort of speak to the nineteen thirties in some ways. Like you you know, they're accurate, but they're not. I mean, there's a lot of 1930s elements yeah. into them and a lot of Hollywood elements. But for the most part, really, if you really look at them compared to a lot of like portraits that he copied. And if you know anything about that era, you can kind of see those elements like he's kind of spot on. Like they really tried. They did pretty well. And the wigs are fucking amazing. I just have to circle back. <laughs> the like wigs They really are do. Oh they really God. make everything. But like also like eyebrow shapes. Like little things like yeah. that and like lip shapes, which in some ways are were like those really arched eyebrows and the really defined lips were really popular in the 30s. But also translate into the 18th century because they did a lot of that, too. They had full like makeup in court where everything was very drawn on. And we really see that with like the Duke de Orleans where like he has full on like Lady Betty Boop makeup on almost, you yeah. know. Um, it's it's actually it's actually really funny to think about because this is like you had to think about this 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 was in production in 1938 and didn't come out until 1930 sorry 1936 until 1938 yeah. so it, Adrian only had paintings to go from and like books yes. and those sort of things there wasn't a, there people weren't people weren't preserving costumes and putting costumes no. on display there wasn't costume institutes so he couldn't go and see the actual garments to see how they were actually yep. made and honestly though what I think is also interesting now that you mentioned the back of that one gown, there weren't back views. No. There weren't well, like there it were wasn't a, few a 360 ex- view. So. And that's what I think is really interesting. Yeah. It's like he he took whatever he could find of like back views, even if yeah. they were from another period, and he put them together. And like um as you see throughout, like especially there's there's definitely certain outfits I can and uh, you know we'll we'll get to them that where they are they definitely mimic a painting but then he incorporated even more aspects to them yeah you know go ahead and talk and, about the, go ahead and talk oh, about okay, we'll do sure. it all in well, out of order it okay, doesn't matter no I mean problem. okay let's well 
So, I mean, seriously, the story of this movie is pretty much the story you know of her. She yeah. gets married at 15 to the king, to the to the heir to the throne. The king dies. And then the he um, rises to power. Shit goes down in Paris. And spoiler alert, they all die. Like, it's like, we all know the story of it. So what's really important about it is the production value of this movie. Is like the what they went through to make this movie look amazing. Yes. So that's what we want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what they did was they, they sort of broke down her life into like... You know, I would say almost three parts. There's like the very early part where she just she's she's this young girl and she comes to, you know, she's told she's going to be queen. She comes to Paris. She gets married. She realizes she kind of married a derpy guy. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. He's (laughs) He's not a bad guy. And in fact, I kind of cried for him in the end because he's just like, he's sweet and he's slow. And she is sweet with him the whole time because, and if you think about it, it's like, well, shit could be worse, you know? And and so she's okay. Like, and they make it work. And, but true to life i mean she got married uh, in 1770 she did not have children till 1778 and so they and it's it's been well documented she had pretty much like an unconsummated marriage as far as they know for several years and and yeah yeah, that was a major plot point too right before right before grandpops died they he was Dissolving their marriage because it was it was unconsummated. Like, to their, right, to the way, yeah. and and to and add then, like fuel to the fire, his mistress that he had was literally like oh like sending <laughs> fucked up presents to Marie Antoinette, reminding her that they don't have children, and that's like literally yeah. the most important reason why she's alive and she's there is to produce a son. Mm-hmm. And that this woman whole, yeah. who she's like, well, I know all that'll never be me, but I am in a position where I can needle you. She does exactly that, and it's pretty fucked up. But then Marie Antoinette kind of gets her back. She's like. She, you know, she does in her own way, but then has to kind of like learn along the way. And in the end, like, um, you know, there's just like different phases of her life. There, there's that part. And then when she kind of realizes who she is and she becomes queen once the grandpapa dies, she does sort of embark on this like era of decadence where I mean, she yeah. and, and you know, and it's she wasn't a one woman show like she actually in you know, in history, which they don't point out in the movie, she actually had, you know, a woman who helped her with her clothes and a man who was responsible for her hair. And like, um, she had people and it was great. And there's these wonderful portraits of her and, and, you know, you see how she really influenced fashion. And then she fell out of favor, favor with, with the common people, but this was a slow roll. It wasn't like something that happened overnight. Right. Like it had been building and building and they don't really reflect that in the movie too much. They kind of, it's like there's part one and part two and it's like part one, she's like young girl and party girl. And then part two, she has a baby and then everybody hates them and then she dies. So they like break it down yeah. into two parts, <laughs> but there's, there's actually more to her life than that. And she was, you know, she was not a stupid person and she actually wasn't a horrible person. She was a product of her time. And I think that in that light, there's a lot about the movie that at least of painting her sympathetically is very valid and I think is really great, you know, and it is really tragic what happened to her just as far as any of that goes. She was a woman. She had she actually gave birth to four children. Only two of them lived. And then and when they both lived, they they lived tragically as well. You know, it was it kind of sucked, but, um, it, but she was, she was kind of amazing. Of a story. <laughs> like it is a downer of a story, but she looks enormous. Sheer 
is fucking amazing. Like her face and her expressions and the light they use on her. It's, it's very, there's something, the movie, even though it's not in color, the way they shoot it in black and white is like, and the way she is, because she comes from the twenties, and she's she's from like silent film. She's one of those chicks who was like in silent films and made it because she had a good voice. Her expressions and her her pantomiming of everything she does is so fucking good. She's so she can tell a whole story with her face, and it's amazing. Oh my god, yeah, amazing. So it's good, mesmerizing. But... And actually, everybody else in there isn't so bad either. Even her derpy husband, like. He's good, like, and you you feel like you feel sorry for him in the end, you know. Yeah, he played it. He actually played really well because he, as you go along, as like the older, like the more she's with him and stuff, and the more that she's kind of like, he gets, he grows on you in a way where you feel for him, and you kind of feel that he wants to. He's growing more as a friend, like more like a friend to her, and like a confidant kind of way. Yeah. And they they're kind of growing in different. And there is that whole part where she has like the party girl, where she goes through her party girl phase, and he's just kind of like, Ugh, not really like, yeah, wanting like to get he, involved he he sits he by, social, but he he just issues. lets her do it. And anyway, but back to the costume. She starts yeah. off. <laughs> she starts as a fifteen years old, and she's literally in like some sort of negligee that they that they made that is really cute and it's like shadow stripe with these ribbons in front very very young and then after that she's like i'm gonna be a queen and then after that you see her in a carriage and she is wearing um like she steps out which we don't really know it's again hollywood magic out of a tiny carriage and full court panniers full court panniers that are amazing and like like panniers i'm sorry i don't know if we said they're those huge bucket things that hang out at the sides like of the there yeah the, like there's a bustle and there's panniers right like they're right because bustle like sticks out in the back panniers are on the side i feel like in case people and are wondering what we're saying sure <laughs> those who don't know and a hoop skirt is a giant circle around it's a you. giant so circle like, yes <laughs> yeah so there's different there were different shapes of the direction they wanted there was it's and honestly, there's very little reasoning. No, any no, it was like, just a fashion. Just, it's just sort of like, oh, okay, we're really into wide hips yeah. now. Like yeah. it's just, just like any yeah. fashion trend. And this is what rich people do. And they had these wide peignets, and then these dresses were just pretty much canvases for this beautiful work and sewing. And I that's mean, exactly what yeah. they did in this movie. She comes out, and and that's the thing. And I, I always think it's like this girl was what 15, 16 years old. And she had to uh-huh. like step out to the French court in like this full, and I heard she she even had like this this whole ritual that happened where she she left Austria and then when they got to the Austria French line she had to stop go into a tent disrobe in front of a bunch of people and put on French clothes and then go into the French court like they wouldn't even allow her yeah. in like Austrian clothes. Like yeah, into that whole, the yeah, whole, it was like a whole weird the, ritual. Yeah. Anyway, like court <laughs> court life and like kings and queens and stuff. It's just all weird, weird rituals and weird things that you're just like, what is going Super on? Super weird. So, and it's never gonna make sense. Yep. And but even in this first <laughs> outfit, you can tell that like Adrian has really tried to incorporate like all the best things. Like he totally has this like mid it's more like mid 18th century like full court panniers and then there's like this like you can tell it's like trellis work it's like a trailing ribbons and flowers that are like going down the sides yep. and um on either side of the bodice there's like these heavily tucked ribbons which are actually in 
a couple of more than one painting I've seen of like portraits of Brie Antoinette. Like that's definitely was like something yeah. that was done on the bodice. And um, but she's wearing also like this huge brimmed hat, which looks exactly like a hat from a portrait from like about 20 years later. But that's OK. Like, it's still really cool. It's yeah. like he's incorporating all these things that sort of like, you know, to still evoke the feeling of like youth. Like, like here's a yeah. here's a young girl like going to court for the first time, and it and and Norma Shearer plays it off perfectly. You know, she's kind of yeah. awkward uh, and excited at the same time, and you know, and then she she meets the Duke d'Orleans, and he's like, oh, what a pity, you know. And then like, <laughs> and, and she first she thinks that's who she's gonna marry, and then it turns out to be the guy, and he's got like total derpy face and. You know, and he's not presented well. Then he like awkwardly goes to this like long speech, and uh, but she's normal. She's so good at making thing everything better. She's like, no, no, I'm waiting yeah. for you. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny that this dress, the ribbon dress, it had, there are painting, there's references to it in paintings where it has like the ribbons on this. Yeah. So this is, he's referencing a real gown on this. And um, it's, it's so, it's just so big and gorgeous and you can't help but just so like, gorgeous. and you have to, th and again, like I want to stress throughout this is like, it's not going to be period accurate because Adrian no. was not a costume historian. He wasn't a historic historian. He was taking, he was literally just taking everything at face value. And by the way, trying to, what goes underneath it and how it all stands up, they just had to kind of wing it. Yeah. So, they had to work out all those like, logistics. And then the actors had yeah. to work out the logistics with all that shit on. Yes. Because honestly, like they yeah. look, the way they move around is amazingly beautiful. Like I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of in awe of how they're able to like spin around in those panniers and like, I mean, the, move around the, them so naturally, you know? Yeah, but the next dress that she wears in the movie is her wedding gown, which is yes. the one that weighs over 100 pounds, as I've mentioned before. I mean, this thing was ginormous. It's so amazing. I can't even... I mean, it's that wedding scene is not very long, but it's really just quite, it's yeah. just quite a spectacle. It's this kind of a shame that we don't train. see more of it. Yeah. 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 And his, but too. Like, his has a train. Movie, though. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's only, well, like, it's bites. It's, like, cape. bites of these amazing yeah. costumes. It's kind of crazy. Especially like during her like during her party girl phase, there are costumes that are just like quick cuts on st on screen where you're just like you're just like can we please stop and like look at these costumes? They're so amazing. Where it's just like they're just like oh I'm at a party and then I'm at another party and then I'm at another party and you're just like and there's like hundreds of extras in the background and they're just like the, there's no camera time spent on them, but you know that they spent hundreds of hours on those gowns too. Which yeah, it's just it's such a shame. I'm like girl like. I just wanted to, you know, it's like you just want to be on set to see, like, just to see it all and, like, really spend some time and, like, look at these things. But they're, you know, they're, they're lost to the ages. No, and, and well, some I of them, some of them so crazy exist. because <laughs> I think they're so cute and, like, and, and in a way kind of iconic, like, even in the beginning, because, like, after the, because, like, after the wedding, she has her wedding night and she's got this amazing dress that I swear to God almost reminds me of, like, Snow White because she's got her hair back up and, like, the little ribbon and she's got that full length like lace sparkly like cape yeah. that she's wearing it's all sequins all sequins <laughs> and you yeah. know and again more tragic scenes but it's just like she is just flawless in that and then after that that was the dress um like in the next scene from that um 
it was that was the one I wanted to talk about it's the one where she she's still like young and she's like meeting the Duke d'Orleans for the first time and she's wearing this shadow stripe it's like full panniers but it's like shadow stripe with the puffy sleeves and like this big bow in the back and that that is actually like um if you look there's actually like a a portrait of Marie Antoinette from about I would say almost yeah, twenty years ahead, but she it doesn't have the peignets, but it's very so it's almost exact similar, and she's got that same hat, like she's got the hat almost from like oh. the original scene. It's like it's weird. It's oh, like okay. you could almost put like bingo a little bit with like the little <laughs> if, if you little like that era, like it's just really it's just like <laughs> oh 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 I know what that oh oh it looks so good oh my god she looks amazing you yeah. know like it's it's so hard to like not want to do that but yeah. <laughs> uh, Apparently, though, I had read somewhere too that the costumes that he designed in this movie, a lot of there were many costumes that were off the shoulder, which wasn't a thing back yeah. in the 18th century. Yeah. Because all of the, because I guess all of the weight would have been held on the woman's shoulders, yep. almost like a, like bib overalls, but where they just kind of rigged it up so it was like held on her waist. So yep. all the weight was like held, holding on her waist, which would have been would have been what they did with big gowns in that era anyway. Like in the would have been like in the 40s and 50s when you get to those big giant skirts like the Dior skirts they yeah. would put all the waist on a waist stay on the thing so it's almost like they were already starting to figure out how to like hold hold giant skirts up anyway. yeah so, and you definitely uh, see I mean, that these... a lot like consistently throughout like all of the all of the outfits like they are all very like there's a few there's only a few I think that she wears that are not like true like on the shoulder with like a square neck yeah. a lot of women have that off the shoulder look which is elegant and lovely I don't, you know, it's, we know we're not historically accurate here. It still fucking looks Uh, good. And you're just evoking a feeling like it just, and they're beautifully fitted. Just exquisite. Yeah. I'm like, if you want historical accuracy in this era, like settle in for a movie called Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Because that's pretty much all you're going to get. And then you're going to be bored stiff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you will. (laughs) Yeah. But back to the glamour of this Oh, yeah. I mean, it's total glamour montage at this point because like once she like meets the Duke d'Orleans and and she's like, I'm bored. Like I need to do shit. And he's like, you have money. I can take you out. And then they seem to embark on this whole like it's like a party montage, really. It's yeah, it's like a he's basically like, uh, yeah, you the Dauphine of France, so we need to spend money like you the Dauphine of France. Let's have yeah. some balls and then have some more balls and then balls. He's like, and P.S. I like balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's like, if there's anybody in this room it who likes me. balls, it's me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you a thing or two about balls. And you really see like he totally is like, like, you know, she's on his arm and, and like the king doesn't say anything. Everything's cool in that sense. But you just see her. It's like party after party and everything. And Everything's the, in full court panniers. Everything, everything, yeah, every and the, big, and the thing that the reason and the reason that he was all up in her her business is because he and uh, Madame Du Barry hated each yes. other. In this, at least in this movie, I don't know if this is actually true, but apparently, like in the movie, there's like basically a whole rivalry where he hated her and she hated him, and he was like writing shitty poems, like not the best poems, but yeah. <laughs> apparently they were like needling her in the side about her past because 
because she used to be, you know, a, a millionaire as opposed to like someone from of good breeding and stuff. So he was basically like, oh, who the hell she thinks she is like fucking the king when it so and she was like, you know, the mistress of the king and he put yeah. her up and made her into like a big deal, much like her good friend Gigi from her last episode. So, yes. I mean, you can't be letting your you can't be letting your mistress look all look all um ratchet. So, got to keep it uh-huh. crisp. <laughs> no, exactly. Um so yeah, so that's why that he's like you you know, he's like let's just spend some money. We'll make you into like the the queen of the people and by people he means the court. So, you know, they go on these crazy crazy cost like these balls and they are just Oh my god! Like yeah. I have such wig and feather envy on this on the this scene because he goes to that they have that date they have that big debut ball and she looks stunning as all yeah out. and then it's a course of like fe- like these giant ostrich fe- um ostrich plumes so it's like a giant wig and then ostrich plumes sticking out of the top of it just to give make her like seven feet tall yeah it's out of it's just crazy beautiful it's crazy like, but it's also kind of crazy accurate like if you look at pictures of people. People. They yeah. had like big old giant hair and big old feathers, and it's and it's stunning. It's so so good, and so I want to go there. I want to go have a party every time we have a, <laughs> we do these movies. I'm like, I want to go hang out with them every time. <laughs> I want to go, go there. Um, uh, yeah, and then the, then it's like after that first ball, then there's the opera, and the opera one is she has not just so it's like it's like she steps up her game every single yes. time. So she's like out doing herself, yeah. and it's like well, wait, 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 but, but before dress, that, she has like the bird cage. Remember, she has like the bird with like is that before singing. that? That's like right before that. She's got like oh okay. She, well, no, no, you're right. She goes to the opera. And then, and then after that, there's I, it's the bird probably cage all out of Sorry, order. There's I have like no so idea, many. but there's like because now I'm just, thinking of the masquerade because like, like the masquerade's even bigger. Like you know, it's like big, oh yeah, bigger, so it's like biggest. a series of like so it's like big giant feathers, oh, and then she goes to the opera, and it's big giant feathers, and then giant huge long pheasant feathers sticking out of it. Everything's moving oh, it's like it's craziness. Amazing. Just, I mean, and what's so beautiful about those two is I, I, I had done some research into because for personal work as to how they get those ostrich plumes to look so big and thick. They would stack ostrich plumes on top of each other, like so you have three or four literally on top of each other, like a hamburger. And then they'd sew them together, so you have like these thick, thick plumes that just look um like they came out of like some mystical bird, but they would like literally like make them super crazy thick. And then they would sew them together and you'd get these beautiful, beautiful thick feathers that don't exist in real life. Um, which is, I just think is an amazing, I, I need an excuse to do that. I just need an excuse to make do like, you? three or four. I mean, do you really, plumes. I mean, just being alive, I think would be an excuse on its own. They really are amazing. Yeah. It's um, just, there's yeah there's just so many scenes of like amazing hair <laughs> and then there's the guard then there's that party with the where she has the wig with the bird yes. cage in it like you were saying which is hilarious it's just like it's almost like they it's almost like they went to like it's almost like adrian yeah. wrote the movie where he's just like i'm gonna build all of these co- all these scenes around my costumes yep. like it's just like I need an excuse for t- to make this. Well, and, and you know, it was it was uh, you know they used to actually put weird shit in their hair, bird cages, ships, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Like they they would do like you know whole like themes in their hair. It was a, it was definitely a thing, and uh, oh my yeah, God. and and it was great. And but again, 
like that's such a great scene too because not just her but all the other ladies are in these full court like they it's like they must be seven feet wide like they're so wide yeah and and they look amazing and they're just spinning around and like frolicking like they're fluffy and easy to get around in and i'm fascinated (laughs) with this because you know that again that is some hollywood magic right there like so So good good. and like even her lading and waiting looks amazing like she, oh she's just she as glamorous beautiful. as Marie Antoinette. As far as she just has a little bit less diamonds. Like that's that's it, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little yeah. less diamonds. Oh my god. Um, and then the next one we seen was that, like you were saying, that mask yeah. ball. And the mask ball, look, I mean, it was like. It did look like Mardi Gras. It was ridiculous. There were so many people. It was like hundreds of extras. And and of course, Norma Shearer is in this full court panier and it then has like a little, a three foot tall feather like arrangement on her head. And she's got a mask and she's just effortlessly running through yeah. this crowd Loving of people, it. like running like, into people. The tiniest thing around. she had was a mask. Like it was this teeny little mask <laughs> on a stick amongst feathers and ruffles and everything. Everything. It was amazing. Oh, uh, it was like so, and she just moved effortlessly, effortlessly. just like swaying. But she was so good. I was like, oh my god, she looked stunning. stunning. I couldn't even handle it. Oh my god. Um, and then that's, and then she has this weird rendezvous with Duke d'Orléans back in the um in the back room. Yeah. And I totally like kiss and then slap and then mug down all crazy. I'm like, what is? That? I'm like, good yeah. lord, like, whatever people, that. Together. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was like, sure. I'm sure he's totally into you. Yep. And then with his makeup, and then that was successive yeah, amount of makeup. Yeah, there might have been a lot of smudging going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's like an off-duty drag queen. It's Whoa. all smeared and like half coming off of one Whoa. side. Is this your patch or mine? Oh I don't know, lady. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Ugh, so funny. Well, then, and then after that, like, that, so, like, because I, after that scene, then she's, like, at the gambling house, and she's in, like, the amazing star dress. Like, that's what I remember is just, like, whoa, you know, uh, amazing. And it's, like, she's only, again, wearing them casually, and I guess that's maybe a symbol of, like, how casual she was with her amazing jewels and all the things she had but (laughs) she is beyond beautiful and amazing in that dress and she's just like she's hanging out she's gambling and partying and that's when she like she she just hey she's like hey she like goes off her back she's like monsieur do you know are you (laughs) russian i need a russian come here you know and She's, and, basically she's like i'm yeah and, <laughs> it was great and uh that's how she means uh count axel tyrone power mm-hmm. he's pretty hot he's, he's pretty good looking good looking man she's like she's basically like you yes. with the eyebrows yeah surely you must be Come rushing here. with those eyebrows let me stroke your eyebrows gingerly as you there <laughs> you're facing my <laughs> Tyrone Power. Uh, The eyebrows that set ships sailing. (laughs) So good. Oh, God. Um, So this gown is basically like, this gown was amazing because it's basically like 
Adrian said, making. He's like, 18th century, great, but I just made Ziegfeld girl, so I'm going to do, I'm going to make her look like a showgirl. Yes. <laughs> like, it's so beautiful with all these, like, stars, like, sparkling around, like, swirling around her head, which I'm like, I don't, it's, it looks almost impossible, like, by those days. I couldn't even imagine how they would have done that in the 18th century. It was so, like, ethereal and beautiful with that headpiece. Oh, and, she like, looked the, amazing. Gown I mean, the hair, so, the wig is, alone, you're just like, what the fuck? Uh, and even when they did these, like, they didn't have hairspray back then. What the fuck? No. How do they do this? I know. Amazing. It, I mean, it, uh, I'm imagining there's probably like three pounds of bobby pins in that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, I had actually seen an article somewhere, too, where there was, um, I think, um, a graduate student in D.C. was restoring this gown. Oh, that makes me happy. So there's like these beautiful photos of this this um, this girl at this de- at this table, and the gown is like perfect, like laid out super flat, and she's going through it with a fine tooth comb to try and fix everything on it because apparently it was all like lame and stuff and very fragile fabric. Oh my so god, that's like, my dream was, like, job. A lot of efforts. That to sounds this. amazing. <laughs> Wake up, restore dress. Then go to sleep. Then wake up and restore dress <laughs> and go to sleep. I'm cool with that. Oh. So good. Um, and then then after they have their run in and there's basically like a lot of like like oh, overt sexual tension between eyebrows yeah. Magoo and um, <laughs> Marie Antoinette. <laughs> And um, then there's like, you got it. Then she goes home and then there's this big old, uh, she has a meeting with the, um, with the ambassador from, from Austria, who's sort of like, yeah, he's like the, he's the guy sort of trying to keep her in line or making sure everything's okay. And he kind of points out, he's like, Hey, you know, you've been spending a lot of money. And uh, like we heard you bought this fancy necklace. And she's like, yeah, I just fucking lost it to bet. Crazy, right? And he's like, yeah, you can't really be doing that. Like, people aren't going to like that too much. And she's like, can I live? Can I live? (laughs) And then (laughs) she's like, don't you know who I am? Don't you judge me. She's been up and She's literally like, from an all nighter. Like all the ladies come in, it's like bright yeah. early in the morning. They're they're like, ha ha, off to bed. And he's like, ah, I gotta talk to you. Oh my god! But she wears, of course, on top of it. She, I love oh, that on Jesus the way home. She's like, Christ get me my cloak, almighty. and it's literally all it is is a piece of French tool netting, and it's just cr- encrusted, encrusted in sequins, like with a cr- with a hood, with a hood that'll never so, fit over that hair, and nobody no. gives a fuck. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it is fucking gorgeous. It, gorgeous. So she's walking. She's walking like with a vengeance through the house and she's wearing this. So it's like well lit. It's not even well lit. It's like beautifully lit in like a shadowy kind of way to like make sure that you know that it's morning time and she's walking with a purpose through this and just glittering like she's on fire. It's so stunning. It's just such a beautiful scene, like a tracking shot of her walking down this long hallway and you're just like, (gasps) this is my everything. It is. It is an amazing that. dress. I just want that cloak and I want that dress. And you know, I know I you said that I have it. And I know I said I wanted the Gigi dress for when did. I well, finally pull the trigger. You gotta have a but this one, uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. The Gigi ones for the West Coast uh, when I announce it on the West Coast, but then for the East Coast, I'll announce it in this. This gown. seems very appropriate. <laughs> yes. Okay, it's like hello world. <laughs> Full court paniers all around. Yeah. <laughs> this old thing, 
this whole thing, I wear it when I don't care what I look like. <laughs> Widen those doorways, boys. I'm coming in. <laughs> Why do we do these? Why do I why feel do we like? Do why do we do this? Why do I feel like? Why do I feel like widen those doors is a euphemism? Because oh, it, oh, it, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> oh my god! Is that uncomfortable? Um, Good. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, so actually, uh, the next scene is this big ball sort of like um, stare down showdown situation between because they have a ball and the Duke d'Orléans is like, yes, the king is coming to the ball and he's bringing that to woman. Ew. He's bringing and his floozy so- <laughs> and you must be nice. And she's like, I will not be nice because she does not deserve it. She sent me a yep. bar- baby carriage on my second anniversary, bitch. You know how much that hurts? Fuck her. And- <laughs> But yeah. she doesn't say that, but um, we're all feeling it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's such a great scene because so she's where so Marie Antoinette is wearing what appears to be white because it's black and white. So yeah. she's wearing this base, this con- cloudy confection of like netting and tulle, and the oh whole gown has goodness. like has, has like sprays of ostrich Feathers. plumes like sewn onto it, as well as her head, and she just looks like an oh angel. My gosh. And of she course, is HR Madame Dewberry. She is amazing, <laughs> and and her, you know, the thing about Norma Shearer though. It's like she's so, but she she wears it so well. She's so goddamn elegant, and like she so she good. just, you know, she she just she's a vessel for that dress. You know what I mean? Like she just <laughs> she carries that shit. It is just like beautiful. Like she knows it so is good. all about that dress and not about her. And she she owns that so well throughout this whole movie. Like those clothes <laughs> are just crazy on her. And she is so, so fluffy good. and so gorgeous <laughs> and, like, totally has a standoff. And then Madame Dubarry comes in and all of her cr- – okay, because, again, it's black and white. We assume this is a black velvet full-court penier dress. It could be. I think, actually, I've with seen. giant gems. Giants. Yeah. And it looks amazing. I think I've seen I think I've seen photos of this one in color because it was at it was at part of the MGM auction that um was in the seventies and Jebby Reynolds went to it. And I wow. think it's like bright red with gold on it. But it's it's interesting in black and white it kind of works because she's all in black and um Norma Shearer ostensibly in is in all white. So it's kinda like good versus evil. Who comes out alive? Yeah. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, no, it does look you know, it's it's like so but like, oh man! But it does come out like it totally works. Yeah, it totally it works. It totally works. Yeah. And of course, like actually, it's funny because the girl in the background of this scene is wearing like a swir- is like white with like a swirly black thing. I'm almost certain that's the gown that was at the fit of exhibit. I'm almost certain. Um, but anyhow, so there's like a whole standoff showdown, and um, you know, Norma Shearer and uh, Marie Antoinette uh, in insults Matt, um, Madame Dubarry by basically saying like, I've never walked the streets of Paris, but I've you have. I've never walked the Tell streets of Paris. <laughs> and she's like, tell me about it. Bitch. And Madame Dubarry's like, well, it's, I never. 
And so they basically, so her and the king storm out, and it's like a whole big deal, yep. and everyone's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, oh, very uncomfortable. Great. And then that is when the king calls for her, and he's like, bitch, you going back to Austria because you ain't been having sex with your husband. Yep. And as a wife, you need to have sex with your husband and make a baby. Because yep. if you don't make a baby, why are you here? Preferably a boy. Because even if you make girls, yeah. we'd still send you back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, and but then, then the after that, like the Duke, Dur- when... yeah, like she finds that out, and Duke Duralons is like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna support that or be friends with you because he's basically yeah, like, no. yeah, his whole thing was basically like. Good luck with that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I gotta go. And so he, she's like, so it's like true colors, yep. baby. True colors. And um, so she freaks out and then, and then manages to change into a completely other dress with other hair and mm-hmm. other wig and cape mm-hmm. and then go to the I'm, embassy. Yeah, like you can't go to the embassy in that dress in the last oh, dress. No. You have to go to the, the embassy in the new dress. But but clearly she changed promptly from from that. Yeah, you know. and you can't and the and the wig from the last dress didn't match this dress, so she had to change wigs too. Right. Oh, Look, of course. It all makes sense, Kathleen. No, no. And you know <laughs> it all makes God sense. knows when she went to the embassy, but everybody was there waiting for her and you know, and and ready to receive her and let her you know, fret about everything in front of the pa- painting of her mom. And then um, that's when she sees uh, Count Axel again. Axel! I'm yep. oh, sorry. <laughs> it just sounds and like... She, and she's like, where have I seen those eyebrows before? Yeah. Why do I... Oh, that's right. The Russian. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, and that's when he basically, like, looking goes off the deep end with how much he loves her and has been stalking her since he was like six years old. And I'm like, girl, you need to slow your roll get some new a hood. little yeah. bit if you want to make friends. Like, yeah, because you are coming on a little strong a little knowing my whole history. Yeah. He's like, knows everything about her because he got told it from a nanny, which is, I was like, hey, nanny, how would you not tell other people's <laughs> stories? Okay. <laughs> Mind and your business, okay? Yeah. I know we're six. Maybe, you Mind know, your business. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, guys? That's you Get your nannies to sign NDAs. That's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the what, le- lesson learned. Um, and then after that, she's like trying to figure out whether or not she's going home or not. So she goes home back to the cat, back to the Dauphin's place. Um, and they, she realizes that the grandfather is dying. Maybe, you know, he's like pretty much going to die. Um, but before that is when, um, the Dauphin, uh, Louis the fifteenth is basically has like a yelling match at the at the king and like totally pushes him. Down oh yeah, into his no, chair. it's and really like, great. Like, it's a it's a wonderful moment of elder abuse. <laughs> it's super great because like the the you know the I guess he's his grandson. He's just like he never stands up for anything or wants anything. And he mm-hmm. came to him. He's like, yeah. look, I I like this girl. Like you can't just send her away. Like I think I have more authority. Yeah. Like I have authority here. You can't just send my wife away. Like, I want her here. And, you know, no, he like, basically tells us, like, you're old. You're going to die soon. Like, I'm <laughs> done with you. 
And then, you know, and it's awkward. But, you know, he basically <laughs> says all that to him. And then and then, you know, she she has her whole sort of meeting with this Count Axel guy. She's wearing a fabulous cloak, which I don't even know what fur that is. And the more we talk about this, the more irritated I am that this is not in color because good <laughs> fucking Christ. If that is the dress that was dyed to match her eyes, I'm dying to know what that looked like. It just it hurts my it heart that I can't see I it. You know, oh, because she looks amazing. She really looks amazing. She does. Um, so, yeah, but then um, after after she goes back and then they she realizes that the grandfather's dying, uh, the grandfather does die and she just becomes the queen. So all of her troubles are all washed right. away. She's no longer going to be sent home. Awkwardly washed away. Saved by the bell, the death bell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and then her the for her the first thought her in her mind is I gotta go tell my boyfriend. Yes, and she tells him, <laughs> and then out. he's like leaving. So it's like you you well at least in the movie you get the idea that's like the last yeah. time they see each other for like a long time, you know. So she like mm-hmm. says her final goodbyes to him, mind you, looking fabulous through all of this, wearing block I black mean. dresses and um, you know, beautiful like lace veils and um just. Uh, and again, amazing wigs, amazing hair, just so epic. It, it and and she is serving face all the time. All the time, like... Norma Shear is amazing. Oh my god! Yes, she's so Norma good. gives me. Uh, she gives me life. She's so beautiful. She really, it's really it's, is. It's just ridiculous. Um, and then and that's, that's the end. That's like the end of like part one of the for movie. Part one, right? Yeah. And they have this like long, well, kind of longish. It's like this interlude of like music and stuff. I guess. Well, yeah, it was a it was a two and a half hour movie, yeah. so people needed to pee. So they they you gave know, everybody a pee do. break back in the day, and so like they break, <laughs> and then we came back. And it came back to, like, French Revolution stuff. It was all, like, war. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw, like, a lot of poor people, which sounds kind of... I love it. But it really was. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it, did, it, was like quinti- you know. it was, like, quintessential, stereotypical poor people. Yeah, like, that whole thing. And, like, MGM style. And uh, and they're all angry and stuff. And then, then it goes to, like, a room where you can tell, like, I guess... Marie Antoinette's like having a baby, but there's all these people in the room. It's just like a full on <laughs> theater of people. And she's behind these little like partitions, I guess, trying to have a baby. And then like all these people are there in like full court dress, like waiting, just waiting for her to have a baby. <laughs> and it looks so awkward and so awful. And now it explains why a lot of kids died. I mean, really, like that is just horrific. And so she has a baby, and I they only really highlight two of her babies in this movie. Right. They're just like, they don't have time to go through yeah. all the details of her children. Yeah. So it's like, let's just focus on the well, ones Well, per the survive. Hayes Code, you can't show anyone pregnant, and I'm assuming can't really talk about miscarriages either. So that yeah. would have been two things that they did not show in this movie. Um, but yeah, it was still, I mean, she has babies. And and I think they're trying to show that like her character changes at that point. 
I right. think. Motherhood changes her. Yeah. So she like becomes a little less frivolous and a lot more her gowns get more her gowns get a little bit more sensible as much as they can be, you know, eight feet wide and with giant hats. Yeah, but they do but get... they don't. I mean they do in like an Adrian <laughs> they do in an MGM Hollywood way, but actually totally. like the way she really actually changed after having her first kid like she really did change actually um like in the french court it was um she was she actually she did change the way she asked or i guess decreed that everybody not wear the full court hoop panniers and like um not all the heavy makeup and she went down they changed down to a dress called the polonaise which was actually considered rustic by comparison to the full giant contraptions that they used to wear at court and then it got even more scandalous when she went from a polonaise to what's called a chemise gown and that was even less like he was even less attire and um i mean i think you know for these people who were in the court that would have been just the equivalent of wearing like daisy dukes and uh <laughs> <laughs> at least i think that maybe that's how they felt in, in you know because you know i if i were french i would feel that way it would just be like what <laughs> you took away all my things and my stuff but who knows? I mean, you know, it, we look at it now and it looks very beautiful. But and there are pictures of her. There are there are pictures and there are you know, she did actually make the Polonaise gown very fashionable. She made the chemise gown very fashionable. And even ironically, after she died, that look continued to be very popular. And um, mm-hmm. you know, so so it was really interesting. Like after, like in some ways, motherhood changed her, and she did get more involved in politics and. She was a bit more involved. They do not go into this so much in the story. Of, I'm just trying to parallel, parallel the movie and and real life. But in the movie, she looks amazing <laughs> and still continues to wear yes. full court panier gowns and off the shoulder stuff, and it yeah. looks great. I mean, there's a few high. There's a few highlights. Like I know when she gets, there's an attack on the carriage with her and her kids, and she's wearing a fantastic, fantastic like fur trimmed yes. gown with like with the giant like the hat, riding like, habit. Yes, her head, yeah. and it's like giant feathers that are. She looks stunning in that, which is amazing. She she looks stunning and, and afraid for her life at the yes. same time, which is and a her good kids looked adorable too. I mean, they were <laughs> they in did like look really cute. cute costumes and stuff. Yeah. And then there was, and then the next part was, and this was when they introduced that, that, uh, that necklace, yes, right? The affair of yes. the necklace. So she, <laughs> so they, there's a jeweler comes to her house and after she's been attacked by the people for being the, being so consumptuous, um, this consumptuous work. Uh, anyway. Yeah, go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. she, uh, so they, the jeweler presents her with this necklace and gives her like, and is like, oh, it only costs like X million dollars, which millions of dollars back then. I mean, think about millions of dollars in the 30s. Think about millions of dollars in the 1700s. Like that would have been ridiculous. And she turns it down, which is, I was like, yay, good for you. You turned down a really expensive necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, so she turns it down and then there's this, this whole conspiracy behind, um, uh, in the backstory where they're basically like, we need to, we, we need some money for this necklace. So they basically black, they frame her for buying the necklace and it's a whole big scandal, which eventually, um, leads to, um, leads to a court, a trial, which eventually they're, they're found guilty of being, of 
buying the embezzling money from the government and buying this necklace. It's and she actually finds out the news while she's at the opera and she's wearing an amazing cloak that's off the shoulder. It's somehow not around her shoulders at all. It's like amazing levitating yes. cloak. Yes. <laughs> it's all black and white lined and white fur. Oh. And so she shows up in this amazing gown and then everyone hates her in co- um, at the hopper because they're like, bitch, you stole millions of dollars worth of um, jewelry. And then that's when the, they pronounce that the, they're, they're guilty of it. So the, the, the court basically just says they found that they found enough evidence to find that the, the, the monarchy guilty of stealing all this money. So she like, it's like quite a scene where she's just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then she just runs for her life. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> like she's like, feet don't fail me now. Yep. <laughs> and she, and Oh my God. I, it, it, it again, these outfits, they're only seen for a few precious moments on screen. Oh, but that one she wears the opera, which we could only assume is black because it's black and white. Yeah. With the fur trim. And you only. She's got you, that beautiful, like, it's like a black velvet bow uh, in her hair, like right up at the top. So oh my God. Like, amazing. And you don't even get to see much of the gown, too, because it's no. a lot of it's like from the waist up, like shot from the waist up. And like, there's a balcony that's in the way and you're just, it's just so pretty. Oh my gosh. Everything in this movie was so lavish. (laughs) It's insane. So gorgeous. So good. I'm like, ugh. And then there's the next scene is when they go to arrest the monarchy and they basically, they're storming the, storming the palace and she's in this gown. That's amazing with a, the yes. whole front of it's all covered in like sprays of sequins and she, her wig is on point. Yes. That wig it, it's almost like, like the sun. It's like these perfect like curls that are so, all going in one direction, like all around uh, her, like radiating so around her. Amazing. So good. It's like, uh, it's basically like Sydney G, Sydney G was, Sydney G was in his studio just being like I am out of ideas I have made 2,000 wigs what do we do now oh it, it <laughs> so looks so good like, and that he starts and again that dress is just like a full court dress like it and almost like from an earlier period if you like if like when I look at it it it, it you know it's got these like um tiers of like ruffles on the sleeves that go to the like three-quarter mm-hmm. length and these huge court panniers and we only what color is this gown? I want to know so badly. It's probably red or I, blue or something. I honestly, I think this one's like hunter green. Oh, if I've seen, well, I've seen this sense. one. I'm almost certain. So we'll find. Oh, I'm gonna have to find references of the the it's gowns. Like just in, exquisite mannequins. It's so beautiful. It's it's beautiful. It's one more time. It's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, so gorgeous. I mean, and um, it, it is beautiful and she looks amazing. Um, and also like when I looked at sort of when that was happening versus like there, there are also porches of her at the same time. They look nothing like each other. I just want to put that out there. Oh, no. Not that she doesn't look beautiful in her portrait. It's just the silhouette and everything that they're putting in this movie is, I would say a little earlier versus like what, probably what she looked like at that time and you know it's it like again it, it's just just there's a little bit of differences like as far as like what what the real versus like hollywood but hollywood does it so good <laughs> yeah. it looks amazing so they <laughs> they storm the they storm the castle and they basically put her under under house arrest yes and then they um, while they're deciding what to do with them, she has a meeting with Count Axel, and she looks stunning. Um, yes, like a it's st- like a st- it's like a heavy tapestry mm-hmm. gown with like fur trim on it. Yeah. You know, just like 
it's weird and almost looked like they put it over her hoops but um and again hair on point yeah like i just brushed it back but Uh still in like a full back comb with long sausage curls for the occasion yeah it's crazy oh god where (laughs) she's just like she's like oh i'm under you know me just under house arrest so you know just gotta look you know just putting throwing something together um a little cross necklace because you know she's a christian yeah she's a christian Then there's an attempt to to flee. They're basically like there's an escape yeah. attempt, and um, they all there's there there's this whole like um, there's this whole litany of people who want to help her get out, and then they're like uh, they're all in disguise, and then they go, and there's this long montage of them getting away, and it's like they're so close to getting away, but then they get busted at the last minute, and it's just it's yes. Such a sad scene. So then they get taken to the best to, to I guess is the Bastille or some sort of prison. And they, um, her, they, then they, then they basically, they, um, what was it? Her like lady in waiting gets carried, uh, carried away. And then like ma like attacked right. by a mob and killed. It's like the most upsetting scene yes, ever. In this it's movie very, and you know what? You don't even see it happen. No, like you, 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 you know that she gets sort of carried away and, and like, or, taken away and yeah but you don't like even Marie Antoinette's like you know monsieur somebody protect her like you just can't send her out into the mob and then like you just they're put into a cell you hear all this screaming and you know she ends up going to the to the um to the window and seeing something happen to her and and just her Norma Shearer's reactions to everything are so amazing. Like you, it's you so feel upsetting. for her so much. It's so like, upsetting. What is happening? And, but I think that that's what's so great about movies like this is like even even if like on mute, you're just like this is very like her facial expressions like say everything. You're just like what the oh fuck is going on? And she's so good. Um. Yep. But yeah, and in a way, it's like that—that's Marie Antoinette's like intro to life, right there, like Basically. into what her li- her life is gonna be like for from now on, and it's pretty fucked. And it's weird, like even like before that, when like everybody's coming for them, you can tell like that this second half of the movie, it's like a slow roll. It's a yeah. slow roll of terror and like shit that's gonna come and like happen to her, and it's pretty fucked up. It's you know? scary. You're just like it Whoa. is pretty scary for her. I mean, it's scary. I mean, yeah, it has to be. because just... yeah, like her whole family's imprisoned, and then they kill off her husband. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, that was the part like honestly oh. that made me cry because I feel like he was so sweet and like you got the idea he was like a good dad. He was just sound of simple like, but his kids loved him, and so you're like upsetting. Oh, you're fuck. just like I mean, very upsetting. And, like, yeah, there's just, like, little nuances that they did with this character in the end and the way Norma Shear reacts to him that you're, like, this guy wasn't a derpy dope. Like, this, I mean, he was dopey, but, like, he was who he was and, like, he wasn't an an asshole. And, like, you could tell, like, they loved each other. He was a good dad and, like, and, you know, and, and he went sort of with dignity you know to to be executed and then he's executed and then immediately after her kids are taken away and oh my god that whole scene that she does it's insane it's like i don't i don't have kids but i mean just like that thing when she was like when they were taking her son away from her it was like the saddest i was like jesus the H. saddest. It's such like I mean, you'd think that this 
I mean, it's just it's so out of the ordinary for a movie for the nineteen thirty from nineteen thirty eight to have that level yeah. of like intensity between a mother and her son. It's just it was like so upsetting. I was like, Jesus, yeah, oof. I could, and I could, for like a period film, I mean, it yeah. was just so good. I mean, oh, sh- sh- so good. You're used. To, and, I'm used to like yeah. these like lighthearted kind of storylines, and like it's just like you know, this one definitely did not end in a wedding. I'll tell you that. No, much. Just, it does not. thank goodness, no, <laughs> no, it did not. I mean, but it was. It was a good yeah. story. It was yeah. a really good story, and like Norma Shearer did so good. And, like, after that, you just really see, like, the next couple times. Like, after they take her kids, it's like she just withers away. Yeah, and super sad. You know, and then you see how, like, you know, like, Count Axel, like, he tries to go see her. And at some point, even someone says, he's like, she's not the same woman. Like, you're not going to see the same person. He's like, I don't care. And no. he goes and sees her. And when he does, like, she can't even see because she's been in down in the darkness. And she's, like, literally about to die. And he, you know, comes and sees her and they have this really amazing emotional time together and sort of say their goodbyes. And at that point, she still has like her big full hair, which I I just want to point out historically at some point when she was imprisoned, um, she had, uh, I guess you would say it was like her, her personal assistant, stylist, ladies maid, whoever was like her, like had wrote how her hair literally changed white overnight because of the stress and because of oh, what wow. she went through. And I feel like in some ways they kind of show that at least like in the parts where you see, you see her from being like very beautiful to like looking very old. And there are portraits of her, like portraits of Marie Antoinette were painted in the last couple of years of her life when she was imprisoned. And you really can see a huge difference. And when she died, she was like barely two weeks shy of her 38th birthday. Wow. I'm 38 years old. I look nothing like the pictures of her at 38. I mean, thankfully. I mean, I know it's been a lot of while back, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's validating, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's horrible. That's well, you're also horrible. not being condemned to death. So it's I'm not. But if you look at pictures from like three years before that, she looks, I mean, I guess, I guess these are all paintings, but still it's like the stress and the horrible things that she went through in like yeah. the last few years of her life are fucking crazy. And it's just, you know, do crazy shit to you, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think that uh, Norma Shear like plays those off perfectly that the costuming and the, like everything they do in the end, it, 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 it really literally looks like these like sketches and portraits and stuff that were done of her, like in her last days, you know, um, all of her hair gets cut off and she's going, you know, on her way to the guillotine. And, um, and it's very sad. It's, it's really, really sad. And like in the movie, um, you know, her last thought is of her like being young is going, I'm going to be queen. Like I'm going to be queen. And then, you know, she, her, her life ends. Um, and it's very emotional. Yeah. But it's beautiful. It and was, it's an epic yeah. fucking movie. I yeah, highly I mean, recommend seeing it. It's so good. This is definitely one that you have to see. It's such a good movie. I mean, it's, it's one of those like those clichés of like I laugh, I cried. I I literally <laughs> laugh and I cried like I watching laughed, this. I cried. I had a corn dog. <laughs> it, it really no, but it, it seriously does. It, like you go through all the emotions watching this movie and 
it's in glorious black and white, and it was glorious. Yeah. It was so glorious. It was glorious. fucking glorious. So if and I had Norma Shear looks amazing. Yeah, if I had one regret in life, it was that this movie wasn't made in Technicolor. That's I'm gonna. That's my deathbed confession. I'm gonna be. I like, know, and why? I agree with you. Why because I I definitely think there are certain movies that like should not like there are certain movies they want they colorize and you're like you should oh. never have done that like Casablanca you should never colorize that <laughs> but Marie Antoinette holy crap tastic yeah. crap balls this would have been good in color yeah I mean this one I mean it, like I'm, better than Gone with the Wind I I wager I and you will never know that's the shame we'll never know it's almost like it's like the you know there's there's cut scenes from movies. We'll never know what they were like. And then I know, you know I know. Like, and just you know, like, it's like, don't even get us started on silent films and all the uh, like complete yeah, films that are fucking gone. Lost. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, in, but for the history buffs, I actually, I think that this was actually interesting. I go when I was Googling around and looking for information on this movie, I was just curious to know like what, what the time frame and stuff for everybody's execution was just to see how like that, just sort of the timeline, morbid curiosity yeah. and all that. So they, um, the King, uh, King Louis the 15th, 16th was guillotined in January of 19, uh, 1973. Jesus Christ. Hey, <laughs> January. <laughs> it was a crime for those polyester pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he was guillotined in January of 1793. And then Marie Antoinette was guillotined in October of 1793. Again, so 10 months later, he was guillotined. And then, the, oh, we forgot to mention that when they were um, in, they were in house arrest, um, or when they were in prison, they were basically they had this whole sequence where the people, all the people, um, were voting on whether or not who to um, what to do with them. If it was like to oh, let them yes. live or to get oh, to that put them to death. Up. And yeah. the whole thing was is that when um, bef- even before that, when they were storming the castle, um, Duke d'Orléans had this whole moment where he like took his wig off and like wiped his makeup oh, off, and he's like, "I'm fabulous. one of the people." Which I was like, "Bitch, please, you are not one of the people." You never have been one of the people. So don't be trying to all like pull your wig off like suddenly you're a common man. I'm like, no, girl, you you are as rich as they come. So he, yes, yeah, so and then he, after that, you like you saw them, you saw him in a couple of times. Like he still looked kind of fancy, though. Like yeah, he was like the whole, fanciest like, one, know. but he had his little ribbon on and all this stuff. So you're just I like, and I was like, bitch, please don't play both sides of this. And then so he puts he votes for death for them as well, which you're like, come on, buddy, like get out of here. So that was really fucked up. The whole thing that he turned on them and all this stuff. But guess yeah. what? He got his because he was guillotined in November of 1793. So he put the uh, the he put the king and queen to death. He voted for death on for both of them, and then he got the axe a month later. So God, what a goddamn weasel! I know. And then, um, if you're into some Schadenfreude, um, Madame Dewberry got the guillotine a month I, later. Yes, I saw so, that. And yeah, yeah. So she, was only, she was like 50 or 50 years old when she died. Yeah. yeah. But all within a year, uh, the span of a year, did all, ever, almost every single one of the major players in this movie. That is so got, got crazy the fucked, I mean, it's like, that, what, what did they call it? They called it the... Um, the Reign of geez, Terror. Reign of Terror. Yep. Because they got, they all got... I mean, they were just left and right killing people. Yeah. It was like, oof, it's a rough time. Well, and it, and it really does sound like terror because it's like, 
here are these people accusing each other and then those people yeah. getting put to death. It's it's you know what it reminds me of is like the red scare of the nineteen fifties. It's like everybody uh-huh. declaring each yeah. other communist and then other people getting declared communists, you know? Yeah. So it gets scary, Ugh. but yeah. So Which is sec- like the witch hunt that happened yeah. in the sixteen hundreds in America. <laughs> that Arthur Miller wrote about I'm sorry, I just there's so around. many times when this shit has happened. Yeah. We can give examples. Um, so. so the f- the moral of the story is is don't be the queen of France. Uh, well, Am I wrong? <laughs> is that wrong? Wait, uh, did I miss the point? Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some queens had it good. <laughs> some queens had it good. Uh, let's just put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> some queens had it good. I mean, you know, Queen Elizabeth kind of had it good. As far as we know, she didn't fuck, but she still, you know, she had it good. Yeah. Sort of, in theory. I thought you were were talking about Queen Elizabeth II. I was like, she didn't fuck. uh, She's got kids. No, no, no. I meant the first one. All right. right. No, it's okay. All right. It's okay. All right. Um, Yeah, so this movie was great. It was super great. Um, And it's our favorite costume designer who did these costumes. They, They were just above and beyond. And not just that, the acting, the quality, the so everything, good. everything about this movie is above and beyond lavish, gorgeous, over the top escape. Like, please watch this movie. Yeah, if you need good. a good escape into something, please watch this movie. It is so fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the one last plea from Kathleen to watch this movie. <laughs> no, it really is. Because, like, seriously, it, it just, I think that, it's so easy to quibble and like we're we're here to review these movies and like critique them, but in the end, like a lot of work went into these, and we just, oh my we, God, just yeah. want pe- we just want people to see them, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's just it, it, they're so good, they're There's, so good. Oh my God, I, there was like delicious. Love, this movie is like so good. Is as far as costumes go, this is one of the best, and I highly yeah. recommend it. So and go. even acting like Norma Shearer, yeah. hello, like just insane, insanely yeah. good. Run, don't walk. Go watch yes. this movie. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so you guys can get in touch with us. We Shamelessly plug us, Philip. <laughs> and here we go. Uh, get in touch with us, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can email us at oldhollywoodrealness at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media. Facebook, Old Hollywood Realness. Instagram, at Old Hollywood Realness. Twitter, at OHR Podcast. Um, and now it's the quiet storm, the quiet <laughs> storm of HR. <laughs> yep. Um, and then always, our, we got to give mad props to Hal Lublin for lending his vocal talents to the opening of the podcast. Yes. yes. Thank you. Um, and that's all from us. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Sleep well. Get plenty of rest. Drink plenty of liquids. All that stuff. <laughs> okay. We, we, we care about you. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye.